Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. This is uh, Gavin. Uh, and I'm Sean. And this is episode 11, so this is one after our party episode and we still haven't had any pints. Still no party. It's quite disappointing, I have to say. Uh, what do we have this this time around, Sean? Well, as we mentioned last time around, we've got a shiny new sponsor. Mm-hmm. Lee and Paul have uh, stepped up to the mark yep. to, to support us in buying a new audio kit and making sure we can go to the World Championships mm-hmm. and so on. And I thought what we would do is explain why we like Lee and Paul anyway, which we did obviously before we started sponsoring. <laughs> so Gav, tell me your favourite bit of the Paul kit. Uh, well, I've been a big admirer of the Exchange Mask for a very long time now. I've had a, I've had an Exchange Mask since the first edition, which didn't even have the removable bib. Right. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. removable bit on the back. So I've been a massive fan of these for a long time and I've, I can't go back to wearing a couch on my face <laughs> as a result. I just hate the old style masks. I just can't be bothered with them anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I use an Exchange Mask as well. Uh, and again, they're just so light and breathable and mm-hmm. uh, they quality of the view that you get from them is uh, it's much better great, I mean yeah. it, genuinely I can't stand the masks now yeah. the, other th- the other thing is because they're quite light compared to the standard mask with a big bar on the back mm-hmm. um, uh, when I'm wearing my coaching gear you know I don't feel like I'm absolutely boiling yes. <laughs> there's no other way of putting it yeah. you know so there we go uh, big thumbs up for me okay um, well I'll go for my something much newer in that case right. uh, there are new wireless boxes uh, which we've been testing out in the club oh yes uh, they're tiny mm-hmm. uh, they're really clever mm-hmm they keep their charge for ages, about a month. Yeah. Plug them in and charge them, and they're, mm-hmm. they're good for hours and hours and hours and hours of use. Um, simple to use, mm-hmm. and they work really well. The only so, caveat, with it, they are very simple to use. The only caveat is it's hilarious watching really young uh, foilists trying to figure out the order in which they're going to hit the guards and hit the jackets and everything like that so that they get so the lights Oh, go. once they get used to, yeah, to syncing them properly, then then they work a treat. Get it wrong, then they don't work. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, well, it's like uh, all these sorts of things. But I, th- I, like, I really like them as well. I mean, I was using them last week for the epi, and it just, like, you know, we're, get, we're getting past that stage of uh, putting out masses and masses of boxes and cables everywhere. Now we can yeah. just, you know, just give them a tiny wee thing that fits in your pocket almost. Yeah, tiny little box. Uh, you can, and transporting them about is an absolute joy. Right. So, there we have it. Our first favourite Liam Paul stuff. <laughs> so, as promised, we've got the Cadet and Junior World Championships to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, massive event. Uh, I mean, last time out, we covered a grand total of two Grand Prix and a World Cup. So, five five events, effectively, yep. with the men's and women's. Uh, Cadet and Junior World Championships, uh, 19 events over, over, over 10 days. <laughs> so... No hanging about. Right. Uh, oh, anything else? Yeah, um, it wasn't held in the car park. Oh, yes, I was going to mention that. Um, I was very happy to see it didn't look like a car park that I was watching. <laughs> yeah, a, a huge relief. So, yeah, so it like an actual event. You know? a proper, proper big sports yeah. hall with a nice race piece and that's good. all that sort of thing. Yeah, much, much more like <laughs> you it. You were listening to us. <laughs> Clearly, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> Change the venue uh, in, at the last possible exactly. moment to, to make us happy. Uh, so yeah, day one, mm-hmm. Cadet Men's Sabre. Uh, did you watch this? I didn't watch the Cadet Men's Sabre until the finals. Okay. And I watched only lots a little bit of it, so let's just go for it. Yeah, I think what we're going to go for, this is going to be uh, edited highlights only, semi-finals and finals yeah, only. Okay. Otherwise we'll be here for days and days and days. Hours, yeah. So semi-finals were good. Okay, so Cadet Men's Sabre. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Christopher Walker of the USA uh, against uh, Nikita Presnov of Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, good dynamic performance, very pumped up from uh, young Mr. Walker uh, with a 15-10 win there. Yep. The Russian's quite a big guy. Uh, they were pretty much all big guys uh, right. in this. Apart from uh, the second semi-final, uh, we had Lim Jayun of Korea facing off against Ibrahim Achar of uh, Turkey. Mm-hmm. Achar's quite a big guy, uh, Lim not so much. Now, this was actually a really interesting one for good enough fight in its own right. Uh, Achar got Quite a big lead. Lim fought back, gets to 14 all. Mm-hmm. Ashar goes for his attack. Lim leaps out of the way, chases him down the piece, yeah. hits. You think, Yahoo, brilliant hit to finish. Mm-hmm. It's a 15 14 win for, 
for Lim. 14-0, of course, the referee's got to go back, look at the video replay, make sure everything's okay. So they've already shaken hands, they're waiting on the, the on-guard lines to, to do their sort of final salute and uh, go their separate ways. And referee toddles out, goes up to Lim, gives a little walking symbol, showing that he's crossed his feet on the attack, and the point gets awarded no. to Achar. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Was it a riot? Um, surprisingly, no, because I, I mean, the Korean coaches are, are over going, what, this can't be right. I look at the video and yeah, tiniest bit of crossing of the feet, no oh. hit, fights the other guy. I mean, I, I try to look pretty, pretty devastated and mm-hmm. sheepish about the whole thing as well, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was the excitement in the semi-final. Um, final itself, far less, less excitement. And Achar made the, the most of his, his escape yeah. from the semi yeah, uh, yeah. to win the final uh, 15-13. Good stuff, but a bit, of, a bit of drama there in the semi, which I thought was thought was interesting. Yeah. What way to lose? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what way to lose? Exactly. Oh. Yeah, pretty painful. So, second event on day one, mm-hmm. uh, Cadet Women's Epi. Yeah, so we watched a bit of the Cadet Women's Epi. And uh, what did we have? We had in the semi-finals. We had uh, oh, I can't remember her name. It's uh, Martazanan versus Petri. Oh, uh, Mortezeva. Mortezeva, yeah, okay. Versus Petri in the first uh, semi-final. In the second, we had uh, Nam, who obviously I've been a bit of a fan of recently. Yep. He was about the size of I don't know something very small. <laughs> um, uh, against uh, Kobla Kolobova. Yes, Kolobova. Yeah, uh, of the of the Czech Republic. Yeah, oh, sorry, Czechia. Czechia. I right. remember to Czechia. Now I don't remember these being particularly bad semis or particularly exciting semis. It's another one where I'm kind of reaching into my memory and I think, oh, I did watch this. Well, the interesting bit from this one was uh, Murtiseva's tactical approach. What would happen in uh, in each period is there would be a couple of minutes of not a whole lot happening, you know, a few hits yeah. being scored, but a fairly sort of balanced fight. And the Murtiseva would go absolutely nuts in the sort of um, final 30 seconds to a minute of each period and score a ton of hits, mm-hmm. like four or five hits to take a big lead. Yeah, yeah. Then relatively quiet for the se- most of the second mm-hmm. period. Yeah, yeah. It goes on a run of hits at the end of the period and eventually takes takes the win in the semi. It was quite close in the end, fifteen thirteen. Yes, that's right. But it was like, yeah, yeah. But it would be sort of a lot of bouncing around, few sort of careful tactical, mm-hmm. tactically set up hits, and then she would just go bananas and, yeah. and hurtle down the piece and hit her opponent, which was, it was really exciting. It was well worth waiting for that. Yeah, and uh, Nam beat uh, Kolobova 15-9, and I remember it being quite comfortable. Yeah, it was actually um, well in control. Yeah, because Na- Nam, is quite, she's, she's, there's something, she's quite an interesting fencer, despite her, the fact that I'm saying that she's quite small, but she's very active. and she's, She moves really nicely, yes. very light in her feet, and yeah. change of direction is really lovely. Um, I still don't think she's quite there yet, because she, she, I remember seeing her uh, when she was fencing in the teams against, in the Europeans against the GB team. Right. And I thought she looked beatable at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think she's a great fencer, and I think there's quite a lot of... The Hungarian Renaissance has started, and the future will be good. Will be a start, yeah. Yeah, um, but it's not quite there yet. Anyway, yeah. she won... You she have won. to remember that they're very young. Yeah, well, Nam's very young. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, but I just wanted to make that point, though, that um, I think Nam's victory there was very, very comfortable, but at the same time, when you watch her, I'm just thinking it's not quite... She's going to be good in the next year or two, I think. So I think she'll be dominant next year and the year after. Anyway, sorry, I'm off on a, on a wee thing there. And then in the final, we had mostly Nam versus the Russian, and the Russian won, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she did. Um, again, similar sort of tactics. So a lot, relax, relax, a lot of, relax, a lot of patience. Of yeah, a few yeah. Yeah, flurry of hits at the end yeah. of each period. It was weird because mm-hmm. um, having seen it in in the first in the semi final, I thought surely she can't do that again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, quirky. Basically, not letting the game get away from you. I think is the way that they were thinking this. You know, slow and steady. You know, in epi terms would be you know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like the torch in the hair. Slow and steady wins the race. But you know, you can't at the same time let your opponent get too far ahead. Otherwise, you're going to have to basically throw your cards in the deck and just go for it. And I hear what you're saying that it's a bit odd to hear somebody doing that in each period. But yeah, uh, all she's doing there is just I think is just keeping it keeping within touch, making sure, sure she can yeah. finish. 
and then give herself a bit of time yeah. to score some hits in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. it was odd though, but um, yeah, worked worked a treat for her and yeah, uh, yeah took the win. Uh, what's next, Sean? Uh, D two Cadet Win Saber fencer that we'd mentioned previously as a as a potential winner. Uh, mm-hmm. Lisa Pushtai of Hungary, mm-hmm. Julie. I pretty much strolled, strolled to the win, to be honest. Now, Russian was second, uh, and medal for Mexico. Uh, oh, Nat- yes. Natalia, Natalia Botteo taking the bronze. Yeah, P- Pushtai beat, uh, Tartakovsky of the USA very comfortably 15-3 in the semi-final, mm-hmm. um, and won the final 15-7 against Klyuchnikova. Yeah, I, lo- I love these names. <laughs> um, yeah, and she looked, uh, the, the class act in the field. But our, our Mexican bronze medalist, uh, a name worth remembering because she's going to appear later on. Yeah, I was going to say, we were going to talk more about Mexico later. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Very yeah. much so. So that was Women's Saber. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Pushed mm-hmm. looking immense. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of her as well. So um, Yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, fantastic timing, moves really well, um, very aggressive, and very young. She's only, mm-hmm. she's only 15, and she's producing uh, good results in juniors as well already. So um, one, one definitely to look out for. Right. So then on to the, the, the next one would be Cadet. Cadet Men's Foil. Mm-hmm. I think we said Epi. Cadet Men's Foil there. Uh, so, in the first semi, we had uh, Boricev versus uh, Di Tommaso. Is it Di Tommaso? Uh, Di Tommaso of Italy, yeah. yeah. And it looks like it's a, a good victory for Boricev. Uh, Boricev, yeah. I mean, we've mentioned him before. He's yep. uh, he, he made the last 64 in Paris in Senior World Cup there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very promising young fence. The, the Russians seem to have a lot of faith in him. They have an amazing depth, the Russians. So I'm not... <laughs> yeah, to be fair, the, yeah, you know. uh, Boricev and... Uh, Two of his pals uh, in the semi-finals, mm-hmm. along with Dutomas of Italy. Yeah. Uh, so a Russian, a Russian dominated affair, pretty oh, yeah, much. Definitely, um, because in the the second semi we've got um, Milinkov versus um, uh, Trushin. Trushin, yes. Yeah, um, and it looks like Milinkov won that one very comfortably. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's always a bit difficult when you've got two fences from the same country fencing yeah. each other. It's quite often not. So I watched this, but again, I'm, str- I'm struggling to remember this one. I actually watched this one. I'm thinking, I can't think of anything. More impression. Yeah. Yeah, I remember liking it. Cause mm. I remember making the comment, this is, this is quite good. This is quite entertaining, but I don't remember anything. There's no drama or anything no. like that in this at all that I can remember. Yeah, comfortable wins, yeah. unless they're at all pasting like a 15-2 or something. Yeah. Don't necessarily stick in the mind unless there's something technically quirky or, yeah, or exactly. unusual about it. Yeah. But, uh, and then obviously, so uh, Milinkov uh, takes Troshin in the final 59, and then went on to the final, which is obviously against Borodachev and Milinkov. And Borodachev had a, quite a comfortable win there at 15-8. Yeah, um, he looked well in control. Again, he, he's this kind of class act to the, mm-hmm. the cadet field, uh, in the same way that Pushtai is in the, in the women's saber. Uh, Borodachev is the, uh, the star of cadets at the moment. And he's got a slightly um, unusual-looking style of... Um, Nice in the attack, but going back, he's got a sort of weird syncopated bouncy yeah. steps with his yeah. sort of arm extended and the hand low. It looks a bit odd, but yeah. um, nobody seems to be able to work out what to what to do with it. And he picks up a whole load of hits in defence mm-hmm. uh, from that kind of slightly odd position. And he's he's already doing quite well in seniors, so yeah, you know, we're looking at a potential star there, I think. Yeah, and he's just a little guy as well. He's not like yeah. some some giant in the cadets. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So if he, when he when he grows up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of combination, nice, nice timing attack, and a, uh, an odd and difficult to, to break down defence. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be pretty good. So, uh, but yeah, with his, with his two two teammates in the semi finals, a, a strong showing mm-hmm. from the Russians in the, in the cadet men's foil. Yep. Uh, what do we have next? Oh, cadet women's foil. Uh, on to D three. On to D three. Right. We're, we're getting through it now. Like you, I watched. I watched this one, but I don't find that <laughs> this one that memorable. The the thing that was notable notable for the cadet women's foil for me was Amita Bertier of uh, Singapore. Uh, oh, that's right, I remember taking that, yeah. taking third place. And I think that's notable because it's the first time I'm fairly confident that Singapore has won 
a world championship medal. Right. Um, so there's been a, a big push to improve. We Singapore. have talked about Singapore before because, as I yeah. said, at the Commonwealth, we thought they were the most promising looking uh, nation there because they do like they put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, so. definitely. And good good re- recruitment. Guys like Ralph Bistorf as well, mm-hmm. former German team yeah. member, has been coaching out there for a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, Andre Klauschen, yeah, some yeah. British men's football mm-hmm. team coach out there now. Um, and they're, they're, yeah, they seem to be putting a lot of effort into it. So it was nice to see them them getting the reward. The final was between, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Big Bullet, I hate Russian names. Big Bullet <laughs> um, who won, uh, I mean, the, the thing with the, one of the semi-finals and the final, quite, quite low scoring affairs, quite, quite cagey, quite technical, mm-hmm. uh, not huge amounts of, uh, thrills and spills. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Big Bulatova took the title against, uh, Hajas of Hungary. So again, another strong, mm-hmm. strong result from Good. Hungary, which we, we like to see. And, uh, and well done to, uh, Young Lisberti for, for claiming Singapore's first medal. Yeah, that's please, good. please with that. On to uh, the last of the cadet individual events mm-hmm. uh, with the men's epi. Which was brilliant. It was. It was actually fantastic. Unlike the other events, this was very memorable because it was just great. It yeah. Was absolutely fantastic. The finals, I, 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 I'm going to come to the juniors in a minute, but this was very memorable for me, even more so than the, the, the juniors, I thought. It was um, just really, really good. For me, anyway, these, these semi-finals and finals were the best, most entertaining fencing yeah. of the, certainly of the cadet. So shall we go get on with it and actually talk about it then? Yeah, go on then. So in the semis, we have, in the first semi, we had Divaroli of Italy versus, uh, now, <laughs> bear with me on this one, Piskovatskov of America. Yes. And uh, Divaroli won this one. Now, the score says 15-10, mm-hmm. but it wasn't quite as comfortable as the score suggests. He was always leading all the way through, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was pretty much. But Piskovatskov... <laughs> Did score probably the hit of the tournament. Yep, I would say in so. In the first period, as he stepped into the, as Livroli stepped into his attack, and I don't know how he described this, he Piskovatskov uh, uh, hit Livroli from round the back of his head. Yeah, he wraps his arm around his own head and and, hit, uh, and hits. Yeah, uh, so was a a, uh, there was a bit of a stunned silence in the hall, and everybody was just like, "Ooh, hey, look, at that. <laughs> yeah, look at that!" Yeah, yeah. He's quite. He's an interesting. He's a bit interesting character. as the American kid. Uh, he's quite big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave quite tall already. But I mean, Pisco. He's quite. He, there's something. He looks chunky and sort of triangular and yeah, interesting. Sort of adult sheet. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I really enjoyed that one. And then we move on to the second semi, and it was Griffiths of America versus Zagatov of Russia. Mm-hmm. And again, this is another. I really enjoyed this one as well. Griffiths is a great fencer. Yeah, he's. Because we're going to talk about this in a minute. Yeah, he's got an attack that goes on forever. Yeah. And he does seem to have he does have a very definite game, which is if you attack him, he does uh, he does this kind of second flick thing. Yeah. But, but if you if you don't have the guts to attack him, he then mass it has this massively long attack that he hits you with instead. And they could kind of see that people were kind of struggling struggling with him. Yeah, in this come up with an answer. Yeah. And Zagatov in particular, uh, he looked like he was just completely losing the plot. Yeah. He was throwing his hands up. He was complaining to the ref. It's like, this is, this is epic. Why, why complain to the ref? It's your it's, fault. You're yeah. You know, and he was just going absolutely off his head. And, uh, Zagatov is a sort of a weird looking, he's a French gripper, is he not? Uh, I'm not sure. F- unusual for a French, fr- I might be thinking of the juniors here. One of the Russians. Anyway, uh, so he was going, he was going a bit mad anyway, and Griffiths won this one comfortably. And we got into the final, and it was, uh, Divaroli versus Griffiths, and it was just brilliant. It's yeah. just like, where do you start with this one? It was, the lead was changing constantly, uh, both fences were really going for it. Yeah. They both wanted to win. Divaroli's got an amazing range of attacks and defensive actions. 
Griffiths is very consistent in what he does, and he does have lots of different things that you can pull out of the hat. Yeah, again, there's lots, to... lots of variety from both fencers, oh, and both, both committed to, to genuinely going for the hits. So there's not no bouncing around. Yeah, it was just everything you would want from an AP fight. Really, oh, it was, it was fantastic. absolutely fantastic. I mean, in one of the uh, in one of the actual uh, rounds, I think it's Steve Rowley does an amazing uh, bind of foot at some point. Mm-hmm. As uh, Griffiths, I was anyway, it was all great and. I think you made this comment. If you're going to look for a session to watch yep. in the in this particular World Champions, I think that's the one to watch. Yeah, I was out of that was it was really really good, really really entertaining. Yep. So what's next, Sean? Well, um, at the end of the individual events on day four, uh, you have uh, one day of the mixed team event. Mm. Now, this probably requires a bit of an explanation because um, it's different from anything else that happens anywhere else in world fencing as far as I can make out. What they do for the uh, for the teams for the cadets is they have a six-weapon relay. So right. you have uh, a women's foilist, a men's foilist, a women's epiest, mm-hmm. a men's epiest, a women's sabreur, and a men's sabreur. And what they do at the start of the day is they, I don't know, draw lots or something to decide the running order, mm-hmm. you know, which uh, which order the, the weapons fence in. So it's a really up to 30 hits. Uh, and the running order for this one was, now let me just, yep, it was, so men's saber, women's saber, men's foil, women's foil, mm-hmm. women's epi, men's epi to finish. Yep. And it, to some degree, produced an unsurprising result in that Russia won, because uh, they got, you know, enormous depth, mm-hmm. and they, they took the title fairly comfortably. But there were some genuine surprises in that Canada finished second, which, if you look to the Canadian individual results, you, you really wouldn't have seen that coming at all. Uh, so that was that was pretty impressive. We had Korea finishing third, taking the bronze medal. And again, they're kind of a little patchier in their mm-hmm. uh, individual performances. Some some strong performances, certainly. But again, you wouldn't necessarily pick them out. Uh, and Romania finishing finishing fourth. And again, likewise, you're 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 looking quite a long way down the list fairly often to try and find where the the best Romanian has has finished in the individual events. Whereas Italy and the USA both went out in the last eight, and you would have probably expected them to finish much higher up. So it's a kind of quirky event, and the kind of random nature of the running order makes it. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It it's the sort of event that you would run for fun. Yeah, I have, we have had mixed team events. I've seen around about here. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, I've certainly remember from the student days. Yeah, in the student days, and I've certainly taken part in a couple where yeah. it's mixed relay teams, and it just doesn't strike me as an event for the future. You know, it's well, I believe this is um, this is a format that's going to be binned after the after right. this year. So this okay. is, this may be the last outing for it. I'm not sure what they're going to come up with as a replacement where mm-hmm. they do separate weapon team events, which will make the Cadet and Junior World Championships. Right. Even more massive than it is already. You know, it's a attendee event event as we we stand. Through in another couple of team events, you can stretch out by another couple of days. So I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But limit uh, the field, I would have thought. Well, how are you going to do that? I don't know. Uh, You're not good enough. You don't get to go. It's not really how it works, works with world championships. I know, but what else are you going to do? Are we really all going to sit there for a month? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm not sure what it is, but anyway, that's uh, that's apparently the you know, the six weapon team event you know, right. is not not a long term fixture, mm-hmm. so that's got to go. Okay, fair enough. So on to the juniors. Yeah. So do you, we, we, our first event in the juniors is the junior women's epi, and uh, so in the first semi here we've got um, uh, Bayram of France. Yes. Bayram. Yeah. Uh, versus um, Zola of Italy, Federico Zola. Yeah, we mentioned her as a. Um, that's right. As a potential. One- yeah, one to keep an eye on at the at these championships. Yeah, I picked her out actually uh, last time around because she had she, she had some solid results running up into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, didn't quite play out for her on the day because she was beat by Bayer in fifteen ten in the semi. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a solid result for her anyway. Uh, th- again, this is another event where I don't remember there being all that much kind of excitement. 
Baron looked properly impressive. Great timing, fantastic long attack. I mean, sort oh, of typ- typically yes. athletic, uh, mm-hmm. rangy French epius. Um, really very good to watch. She hadn't really registered with us, I think, as a as, a as one, to, yeah. one to keep an eye on. But um, she looked, she looked very good. Yeah, and Federica Zola is a good fencer yeah. as well. So anyway, she she was beaten on the day, and then the second semi final, uh, we had uh, Nixon of America versus Zhu of China. Yeah, Zhu's one that I don't know. We picked her out beforehand. Yeah. Um, I picked her. I picked out uh, Nixon. Remember, I mentioned her as, a, okay. as an American prospect. Yeah, uh, uh, but Zhu finished third at Senior Grand Prix in Doha. Oh, I'd be missed that. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, again, it was like this one. Uh, I'm not even sure she had much in the way of junior results uh, before this. So uh, again, you had to look a long way down oh, the, right. the junior world rankings to to find her there, mm-hmm. and then you need to be observant enough to spot that uh, that she's the same Zhu that had produced a, an amazing result in the seniors. Right. Oh well. Uh, so a thoroughly good win for Nixon yeah. taking that semi-final. That, yeah. was a good, that was a good performance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and then in the final we had uh, Bairam versus Nixon and Bairam just, that was it, just a solid win for her. Yeah. yeah. Again. So again, and again it was just, there was just a lot of good stuff happening but it, yeah, it, it's one of those ones where it was enjoyable while you're watching it but I'm afraid there's nothing I can pick up and go, mm, let's talk about that then. But it was good though. Okay, yeah, no, Bairam was uh, looked a proper prospect yeah. uh, as I say, um, uh, Long history of yeah. uh, athletic French female apiasts, uh, and she was in exactly that mould. Mm-hmm. So one one I would expect us to see see more of because the French do do feed their their juniors through into seniors quite carefully. So I would think that yeah, you know, definitely uh, we'll start to see a bit more of her in the mm-hmm. in the senior squad. Definitely. What's next then, Sean? Uh, I can't remember, Gav. What was it again? Uh, junior men's saber, I think. Ah, uh, yes. You watch a lot of this. I watched none of it. <laughs> okay, well, I can't, I can't remember. So I can't even. I can't even see. This is memorable. I just. I didn't watch it. Okay. Um, no, well, I did watch quite a bit of this, and absolutely no surprise here with this one. Uh, Russia wo- world junior number one. Yeah, uh, Konstantin uh, Lokanov, uh, fairly comfortable winner. Oh, did you make it? Did we not? He's you know one of our picks as well. Uh, yeah, he was. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he came in with strong results all the way through the junior season, mm-hmm. uh, coming into this top of the rankings, um, and never never pushed that hard. Really, uh, I think the closest anyone got to him was uh, Liu of China in the final. Uh, it was a, a fifteen eleven. Oh right, okay. Um, so yeah, thoroughly workman like display. He's a, he's a big unit, Mister Lokanov. Mm-hmm. Uh, powerful, technically quite quite solid, and you can see Liu in the final struggling to think what to do. We try try to go together. Liu would make a mistake in his. Mm-hmm. On his preparation, looking off, get given the attack. Who mm. thinks right? I'll go backwards and try and try and open the distance up and take it out of the middle of the piece. Mm. And looking off would fall down the piece and hit him. And it was just uh, uh, you know couldn't, couldn't find a solution to it at all. It's just right. Well, no matter what I do, I'm I'm going to get hit here. So getting eleven hits out of it was probably quite a good effort because nobody really seemed to find a. A solution to the uh, locking off conundrum. Yeah, I mean, it's. A, I think that's a problem with saber. That's one of these I have a problem with saber. Is it's that kind of. It's very hard to adapt in a bad situation like that if you don't have something that you can pull pull yeah, out from somewhere. A wider range of technical yeah, technical options. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't really happening. So yeah, locking off was impressive. I must okay, say. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what about the rest of the, the everybody else that was in the semis? Uh, we had uh, Dario uh, Cavalieri of Italy taking the bronze and. Uh, Carol Metrica of uh, USA. All oh, right, okay. Okay, who put out Will Deary of oh, Great, right, Great yes. Britain in the last eight. So that was the best British result at, at these championships and the individuals. Uh, we had mentioned him as a as an outside prospect. As a yeah, a, a genuine possibility for a medal. So he got he got close, and I, I watched a few of his fights during the course of the day. And last eight's good. It is absolutely yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's one of these guys who'd benefited over the last year and a half of uh, being part of the. British fencing's world class program. He's been mm-hmm. training full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks the real deal, and I, I really hope that he's he's one of those fencers that manages to find a way to continue to mm-hmm. train full time um, as he moves into the seniors. Yeah. So junior men's saber done. Next up, right now junior women's foil. All right. Okay. Go on, Sean. 
Tell me about Jim and Junior. Oh, no, no, what I'm saying. No, Junior Men's Foil. No, I watched this. Yeah, it was good. It was good because I remember we we I sent you some text. Oh, I'm quite excited. This is quite interesting. Yep, you did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this this was an event beforehand that I, I did sort of declare my interest and say I was really looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. this. And we looked at the world rankings and who was doing well, mm-hmm. but we did see the sort of caveat with that was that uh, Kalong Chung of yep. uh, Hong Kong was long way down the yes. down the junior rankings, but sixth in the seniors, mm-hmm. and he pretty much did go through the competition like uh, like a shark through a kid's swimming pool or something. Oh, yeah. He 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 was the big baddie that. Um, uh, nobody could get that close to mm-hmm. really. Um, semi-finals: Chung against Akhmatov of Russia. Mm-hmm. Very competent. I think Akhmatov may may have been top of the junior rankings coming into World Championships. And yeah. that's a, it was a fifteen-eight for for Chung. Comfortable. Yeah. Uh, second semi-final: Sato of Japan. Uh, again, oh, a thoroughly, yeah, thoroughly competent senior fencer. Yeah, yeah. Um, defeated Bianchi of Italy. Bianchi had had a, a bit of a blinder in the the quarterfinal uh, when he put out Shikini, who was defending champion yes. uh, in. You know, a genuinely gut busting effort for him. Mm-hmm. Um, fenced out of the skin to to get the win there. Couldn't couldn't reproduce it against yeah. uh, the next Japanese fencer. And Sato beat him fifteen uh, twelve. It was mm-hmm. final was great. Sato yeah, took a yeah, definitely yeah took a, a pretty big early lead, something like eight three up. Yeah, but Chung no panic at all. And some of the, some of the hits that he scored both in his, his semi final and final against really good fencers mm-hmm. were just totally dismissive. You know, the sort of standard defence to try and slow things up a bit to put out the line, mm-hmm. not particularly looking to score with it, yeah. but to slow things up. Whenever that happened. Chung would basically just stand up, walk down the piece, sweep through the blade, and smack the other guy in the chest. And he did that loads of times, and it was just <laughs> yeah. so dismissive. Yeah. Um, it probably had the look of somebody just much better than the opposition. Yeah. So, uh. Sato's pretty good, though. Sato is, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sato's 15 in the senior, yeah. top 15 in the senior rankings, and he, he gave Chung his, his hardest fight of the day. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he really did look, uh, a step above. So, yeah, again, I mean, uh, this is that kind of thing where, you, where somebody gets a massive lead, and then the, the other, the other more experienced fencer, essentially. Yeah, just can, you can just pull it back. It's kind of what I kind of like foil for that because there's always a chance. Much harder to do that in epi. Yes, it's much more exciting when it happens in epi because it happens yes. so rarely. But uh, it does. You know, I, I quite like that fact that you know someone like Chung could be so calm about the fact he's losing so badly. Yeah, and then just uh, come back and essentially take it. What was the final score? I can't remember. Uh, just fifteen eleven. Fifteen eleven. Yeah. Yeah. That just shows you how how strong it was compared to. Yeah, it was opponent. it was properly mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. yeah, so hats off to him. Oh, and the other thing we were discussing before we, we started recording was we think, but I'm not absolutely sure, mm-hmm. that that may be uh, first first world championship gold uh, from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I we had a quick look and I couldn't spot anybody else that's been anywhere near that. Yeah, you know they've had very success at the Asian Games apparently. Yeah, so so they've done some zonal type stuff which has been okay for them, but nothing outside that on the big international stage. So yeah, pretty sure it is. So um, yeah, another. Another historic moment in Asian fencing uh, yeah. to go with uh, uh, our Singapore result earlier on in the yeah. week. Excellent. Yeah, so women's sabre, junior oh, women's sabre. Okay. Now, I mentioned earlier uh, Natalia uh, Boteo of Mexico mm-hmm. who took bronze in the cadet okay. women's sabre that was won by Lisa Pushtai of Hungary. Now, these two both appeared in the semi-finals of the junior women's sabre. Now, the thing is that uh, Pushtai is... Young, young for a cadet. She's still fifteen, so she's got another year in in the mm. cadets. Uh, but Teo's even younger. She's only fourteen. <laughs> yeah. So these are these are two kids. Mm-hmm. Real um, kids going going for it with the, real, with the big real boys. kids with the yeah in, in with the juniors. Yeah. Um, and Mateo. Uh, defeated, I, I think she was the top seed, Olga Nikitina, who I think was either first or second in the junior world rankings coming, into, right. coming into these championships. No, she was, no, you're right. Yep, and beat her 15-12 uh-huh. in, in the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, and in the second semi-final, we had Pushtai against um, uh, Contura of of Greece. 
Now, this was a, again, a, a saber fight that's, that's kind of worthy of comment on kind of weird stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. In the fight, uh, Pushtai got four hits given against her for false starts. Really? Yep. On guard, ready. Oh, and you've, and you've gone. Oh, right. Okay. You get a yellow that, card. That's first... a bit of experience there, I think. Yeah. You get yeah. a yellow card for the first one. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Every single one's a hit. So four of those. Um, to be fair, I think, uh, Kotorova, uh, Contura gave away one as well. But if you take those out of the equation, your fight's stuck at 11 all, mm-hmm. And who's going to win from there? Mm-hmm. But yeah, to give away four is properly painful. Yeah. So she didn't make the final. Uh, this is Theodora uh, Contura. Goes through the final. And it was a tremendous final. Mm-hmm. Uh, rich and varied. Mm-hmm. Tremendous timing from, from both fencers. Highly technical. Contrasting physiques as well. Uh, Contura's properly tall. Potatoes, yeah, shorter and shorter and a bit squatter, more powerful. Yeah, um, but our fourteen-year-old eventually takes the win. Fifteen, uh, fourteen it was tremendous stuff. I, I mean, is that is that Mexico's first major medal? Well, I th- I've got to think so. I mean, they're, they're, have they ever won a world championship at any level like that ever? I can't think of one. I- so, so, so it's another notable result there. Well, yeah, it's not. You, know, you would never first. put Mexico in there at the top as being prospects of that. Would never yeah. pick that. Yeah, so a medal, medal for Bateo and the mm-hmm. a bronze in the in the cadets, gold, uh, gold in the individual. Yeah. And, and I'm fairly sure about this that there was there was another Mexican that we mentioned who was quite high up the Toledo um, up the junior Toledo. Yeah, mm-hmm. who I think also made the top eight. That's right. So some proper some mm-hmm. proper strength in yeah, uh, I, I women's saber in Mexico. I think right, just based on the results because I, yeah. really, I don't think we've seen her anywhere. But it was just looking. I think she's done a couple of the European mm-hmm. and the Pan Ams. I think. Yeah. So yeah. So onwards to I think are we almost almost at the end of our our marathon our cadet and junior marathon for the individuals. Oh no 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 not quite not quite onto the final day though junior men's epi. Yeah. So. Junior men's epi, so it was a little bit predictable in some ways. Okay, none of my guys came through, which is the, the sort of the annoying thing. None of my Japanese and South Koreans made it through. No, I know, a little disappointed. No, I was, I was, a, I was a wee bit disappointed when I was keeping an eye on that one. So in the final, let's let's start with our first uh, our first semi, and it was um, uh, Guziev of Russia versus Siklozy of uh, Hungary. Yeah, so Siklozy, I think, was first or second in the world rankings That's coming right. in. Yeah. And Guziev, I don't think it really registered. No. Siklozy was one of the ones that I actually picked out. But this is one of the ones where it went right the way down to the wire. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think. I was wondering, in the in the, in the cadet men's epic, I was wondering if it was Zagatov that was a French group. I'm starting to think it was this guy, Guziev. I'm going to have to double check. Um, yes, he was. I tell you who he reminded me of was Nikita Gladkov, who won who won the first uh, senior World Cup of the season. Uh, uh, a pummeling left-hander, uh, fantastic hit to leg. Yes. Uh, good flesh. Yeah. And quite happy to take a double when the That's other right. guy's making the attack. Now, if I remember correctly, with this semi, Sokozy was winning. He and, was. Yeah. And Guziev pulls it all the way back. Yeah, not by much. It was close all the way through, yeah. but Sokozy was was definitely up going, yeah. going to the closing stages of the mm-hmm. fight. And then, and the closest stage of the fight, Guziev just pulls it together. Yep. And wins by one yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, it was a really good fight. Um, so Closey, we've, we've mentioned him a couple of times because he yeah. won at least a couple of the Junior World Cups mm-hmm. and I think won the Europeans, although I'm not absolutely sure about that. I think he's, I think he's done a couple of senior events, but not done anything Possibly. spectacular yet, but. He's a big guy. He looks yeah. like a man. <laughs> well, he's this typical Hungarian epius, you know, big guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the score is 14-13. So usually we could be complaining at the end of this one, oh God, nothing much happened there, but actually no. It was it was one of those rare yeah. where there's plenty of stuff happening. It just took forever to get there. Um, yeah. So this is the second one. The oh, sorry. No, we're going to talk about that now. Um, this, in the second one, we had uh, Cuomo uh, versus his teammate Martini. Yeah. Italy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was it. That was it. That was actually quite a good fight. But uh, Kuhn was just a better fencer than Martini and won. Martini is a kind of um, spidery 
gangling. Didn't I say you should watch Martini? <laughs> Why? Why? Because it's just. Uh, I mean, somebody who, who used to fence epi, that is precisely the sort of opponent that I hated fencing. Well, that's it. I mean, he got to a semi based on his really strange fencing style. Yeah. So he looks, he looks like, he does look like a spider, basically. Yes, he does. It's all, it's all yeah. arms and legs. A really big spider that uh, someone's yeah. given an epi to. And he was wearing a massive jacket. Remember him wearing a, he's wearing a massive jacket. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Uh, look, look back. I'm sure it was him that was wearing this massive baggy jacket. So he's in this massive baggy jacket and he's really yeah. tall and he's got all, all arms and legs. Very weird. Yeah. And, uh, Kuma just dispatched him anyway. It was 15-11 in another semi. Yeah. And then we got onto the final and it was a cracking final. Uh, it was, uh, Guziev obviously versus Kuomo. And uh, that's another one which went right the way down to the wire. Yeah, it was. It was now, interesting because, uh. Am I remembering this right? There's the first, the first period. This is the one that went to passivity. Am I remembering that right? Might, this might be another fight I'm thinking of. There's one yeah, where I'm not was, sure. nothing happened and then it all happened. And what was it, this one? Anyway, yeah. I might need to go back to that one. Let's, let's not talk about that because I'm not 100%. I can't back myself up with stats yeah. there. But, um, this is one that went right the way down to the wire. Yes, it was because they were, they both had very specific things that they were hitting with. Yeah. Uh, Kuomo would hit with a, with the flesh, mm-hmm. uh, Guzia would would make the hit to leg, yep. and that was that was it for, for each of them. Yeah. That would probably make up seventy five or eighty percent of their mm-hmm. hits. So there wasn't a massive range, but they, what they were doing, they were doing extremely competently. Yeah, it was how how they could uh, break up what the other one was doing. Yeah, yeah, and then it got right to the end, and uh, Guzia just edges out Kuomo fifteen fourteen. Yeah, and I think I remember watching this uh, and doing that whole thing where I'm throwing my hands up in the air going, oh my God, Kuma's done it. Oh, no, he's, oh, not. he's not quite made it. He's yeah. not quite made it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think Kuma was up in that one. I think he was 14-13 up. Because he had to the last couple of hits to take yeah. the win. Yeah. And Guzzi, to his credit, really, really knuckled into the fight. Uh, it wasn't like, I think, I don't think it was a case of Kuma didn't look like he totally and utterly froze. No, 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 no not at all. Guzzi really managed just to push himself through. Yeah, he's no, a big guy, I remember correctly as well. Another big Russian. Um, tall, but not, not particularly powerful. Oh. No, I don't okay. think so. Maybe I'm misremembering that guy then. But yeah, so it was the junior men's epi was good as well, but yeah. not as good as the cadets. But it was good. Oh, I see. Uh, mm. I, I thought the, well, I thought the cadets was more spectacular. But I thought it was more sort of tactical variety and smartness from no, from the juniors. Sure, because I, I really, still, I really still plenty them. of action. Yeah, I enjoyed them. There's loads of action in both of them, but I still preferred the cadets. Yeah, after our recent grumble, grumbles about some some of the epi events that we've we've yeah. watched, uh, the the epi events that. At the Cadets and Junior World Championships were were tremendous. Just because well, all before. the fences were going for it. Yeah, there, there was very there was only there was only a few times where I thought mm, maybe you guys should be putting a bit more effort in. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, certainly the finals piece I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. and that leads us with our final our final event here, mm-hmm. Sean, uh, the Junior Women's Foil. Okay, uh, now we're getting. I was I was starting to flag by this time because I watched some of this as well, so I can remember some of it. You can remember some. Well, I'm struggling to remember the detail of the fights. Uh, I was struggling to remember the detail of the fights, but I remember there's a good, the Japanese girl was particularly good and very small. She was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh Kikuchi. Yes. Uh, of Japan was the, was the eventual winner. Mm-hmm. Um, what I remember about this was that the fights were, were quite, quite technical for the most part. No huge athleticism from anybody. Nice movement, all very mm-hmm. controlled. Yeah. And while Kikuchi was a, a well-deserved winner, um, winning, winning the final 15-8, uh, against Rossini of Italy, mm-hmm. um, and, and winning a semi-final against, a um, Iman Blow of the USA, mm-hmm. um, I didn't feel there was anything, anything particularly stand out about her fencing. It was all just neat, neatly constructed. She had, yes, it wasn't know, like, it, it, it was nice, nice rather than totally eye-catching, which I think now when I, you know, we sit down, what, 10, 10, 11, 12 days later, yeah. I'm struggling actually to really recall a whole load about the well, fights. I remember it being, I remember it being really tidy, neat, uh, really having a really sort of tidy, compact style. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 she had that sort of high work rate that you, that we sort of typify with Southeast you know East Asian sort of fencing. Yeah. Uh, and I remember she was so she fenced smart all the way through it. Yeah. There wasn't any. It, you see, it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't flashes of brilliance or anything like that. But it was very competently delivered. There was a plan. Mm-hmm. She clearly stuck to the plan, whatever it was that she was doing for the fight, and delivered it every time she had to deliver it. It's right. very good. I remember. I remember that. I remember watching this going. Yeah, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose the surprise in this one was defending champion Sabrina Marcellus, um bowing out the last eight. Yes, that's uh, right. And that was a bit of a to, shock for everybody. I think to Ali Huang of uh, of China. Not happy, perhaps, with the refereeing of the final hit. Uh, I've I, I, I watched that final hit a few times. I'm I'm not convinced the referee made a mistake. You think so? I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to claim to be the, like you. Uh, I'm not an expert on this. You know, like, what you said about saber, but I've watched it a few times, and I'm not convinced that that the referee was going to call that differently. You might disagree, but yeah. I, well, I watched it and my, my own feeling was that uh, Marcellus didn't have an awful lot of target left to hit, and that oh, I see, it right. largely seemed to be hidden behind various bits of leg and mask and all sorts of things. Oh, I didn't but, see that. Didn't but the referee that. wasn't wasn't having it. Give right. give the hit. But he was very definite because he went away. Oh yeah, he, he was. Actually, yeah, he said, yeah, "No, no, it's this way." Yeah. So there was no. It wasn't even like it. They just spent ages discussing it. He was just went and had a look, came back out with nah. Sticking yeah. with my sticking with what it is. That. Yeah. So that was uh, so that was the end of the individuals and the juniors. Um, what would you say? What was your highlight from the juniors? That semi-final went to fourteen thirteen, right? And the junior in the, the main Yeah, because I remember that. I remember that being quite exciting, quite yeah. enjoying that. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to pick anything else out after that. Okay. Uh, what about you? I'm going to go for uh, Mateo women winning the junior women's saber. I mean, why simply not? because it's a, an amazing result from a fourteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did enjoy seeing uh, Chung win the men's foil. He was uh, he was immense. Yeah. Well, there you go. So on to the teams. Uh, we've we've been going on about cadets and juniors mm-hmm. for ages. So we're going to skip through the teams fairly quickly. Uh, women's epi was won by France, with Italy taking the silver and USA in third. Mm-hmm. See any of that? No. No, me neither. I'm afraid. Uh, men's saber. Uh, Russia taking the gold. Italy silver and Germany the bronze. Um, Britain finished fourth in that, which is uh, comfortably our strongest strongest performance in the teams. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Uh, they they pushed Russia all the way in the semi final. Wow. Uh, and were close against Germany as well, with uh, Will, Will Deary uh, leading the leading the team. Some mm-hmm. fantastic performances from him. Well, congratulations uh, the, to the guys then. The, the semi final against Russia actually. Russia were quite a long way in going into the last fight, mm-hmm. and uh, Will took masses of hit off uh, Lokhanov, who'd won the individual so right. so convincingly, mm-hmm. um, and took it down to I think it was forty five forty three in the end. Wow. Really, really well, congratulations, guys! That's good effort. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, uh, men's foil, men's foil was absolutely immense. I did watch that. All right, okay. USA beat Japan in the final. All right. What was the score? Can you remember? It was forty-five, forty-four. Easy Ooh. one. Easy one to remember. Yeah, uh, I have to go back and watch that then. USA took a, a fairly big lead early on. So after about six legs, I think they were what maybe nine, nine or ten hits up. So something oh, really? like yeah, thirty. 30-20 perhaps mm-hmm. um, but it's a really strong Japanese team as I mentioned this before that most of the guys that are in their junior team are also on the senior, yeah. on the senior team and producing good results at senior level yeah. so Japan started to claw their way back into it mm-hmm. and in the final leg uh, Sato against uh, Jeffrey Tourette I think Japan were a couple of hits down going into the final leg mm-hmm. got back got into the lead oh, took wow. the lead for, the, for virtually the first time got to I think it was 44-41 Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, it's all over after all that, mm-hmm. after that, all that hard work from the from the American team, and then Charette runs off the last three or four hits to take the win, forty five, forty four. It was it was tremendous, and this is a really young 
American team as well. Yeah. All of them have got at least one year still in juniors, and in the case of at least a couple of them, another two oh, years. Okay. Uh, so to beat a to beat a team like Japan in the final was mm-hmm. uh, a tremendous effort. And that, after all of that as well, wow. Yeah, yeah. women's foil. Um, I mentioned I think the women's uh, Polish women's foil team uh, before when we were yeah. doing a preview yeah. because individually they don't look anything spectacular, but they won the teams last year and won it again this time round with uh, Julia. Uh, beat USA in the final uh-huh. and it, it was, yeah, again, one of those ones that was perhaps more more stars in the USA team mm-hmm. but the, the, the Poland team is a, a team that's uh, more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, okay, that's uh, good. They've got a real good tactical understanding of how to uh, how to sort of hold a fight when they've got a lead mm-hmm. that they might, you know, a fight that they might perhaps protect, expect to lose mm-hmm. and uh yeah, to to the gold, yeah. impressive performance. Uh, and in the men's epi, actually to the gold against Poland in the That's final. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I haven't been able to really. I started watching it, but I was actually busy on a training course. You were at work I at actually, a training course. At work, doing yeah. a training course. So I, I couldn't actually watch this because it overlapped with something that I was doing. <laughs> It's, it's just God, I hate it when actual work gets in yeah. the way of watching fencing. Well, why else am I employed? I guess, but you know. yeah, so it's a good question. So, mm. yeah, interesting that not nearly the same domination from Russia in the in the team events, right? Uh, that we might have expected. Um, so, for example, you know, we had we had two wins, but in things like. Uh, women's epi, uh, no Russia on the podium. Men's foil, Russia took third, but were well well beaten in the semi final. No Russians in the women's foil on the women's foil podium. All right, okay. And a bit more variety. So medals for Hungary, Germany, and there with the men's saber teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so quite a bit of variety there. Well, I think that the dynamic in teams is different, so it does allow a little bit more different results in it. If you yeah, just pay to yeah. Well, I mean the uh, Poland women's foil teams, so yeah, are a real obvious example of that. Mm-hmm. that that I mentioned just there, cool. um, but the the end result, the overall uh, medals table was Russia. Russia were top, yeah, because they are the biggest, most powerful fencing nation mm-hmm. at the moment, with Italy in second uh, and the USA in third, mm-hmm. which uh, yeah seems a perfectly fair reflection yeah, exactly. of where the strength exactly. is. That, that... But um, strong strong performances from Hungary, mm-hmm. which uh, which we like, yes, and and interesting you know, a variety of interesting results. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico picking up uh, picking up medals as well. Oh, sorry, Mexico were third in the the women's saber teams. I forgot to say that. Well, they, obviously they've got good. Sabrosa. Yeah, proper. Yeah. Some and proper Mateo and um, Toledo. Toledo. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, three three medals for Mexico from from these World Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, none for Britain. Um, would, as uh, I said, close, the, the, the best result. Yeah. No. Yeah. And um, Kamal Minot in the uh, junior men's foil made top sixteen, and Ben Andrews made the top sixteen okay. in the cadet men's epi. So um, some encouraging performances there. Uh, but yeah, no medals, okay. and we're currently miles behind Mexico. Mm-hmm. So that about wraps it up from for, the Cadet and Junior yeah, World Championships. Kind of whirlwind rush through there. Yeah. Um, what I did do though is I asked a couple of the couple of the participants in the Junior Men's Foil mm-hmm. um, to send us in a little report, much the same way that we did with uh, All right. James and Marcus from from Long Beach. So I got Galen Vort of South Africa to send us <laughs> in a report. All right. Okay. As you do. Yep. And Sam Wallace of the of the USA. Oh, brilliant! So uh, here's what they had to say about their experience of this year's uh, Cadet Junior World Championships. Hi, this is Sam Wallace. I fence junior men's foil for the United States, and I've just returned from the 2017 Junior World Championships in Plovdiv, Bulgaria. Um, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about it. It was definitely an incredible experience. World Championships is always something to remember. The the commute was very easy. I flew from New York with a little layover in Istanbul before flying into Sofia. One of the great things about World Championships is that 
um, I'm allotted more time to go in advance. So usually before a Junior World Cup, I fence on, let's say, a Saturday. I get there two days in advance. So it's nice to be able to get there around four days in advance, have time to adjust to the, to the new time. Um, I flew into Sofia, which was a beautiful city. I was only able to, to see it through a bus because there was transportation offered that went from Sofia to Plovdiv, but still a very beautiful city. Um, Plovdiv was another beautiful city. Um, everything was very close to each other, and from the hotel to the venue, which was very convenient. And um, it was, I, my hotel, I stayed at the Grand Plovdiv, which was about a 15-minute walk from the venue. But everything was walking distance, which was, which was very nice. Um, the venue was beautiful. They did a, the FIE did an amazing job at, um, at setting up another beautiful world championships. There were at least 20, 25 pieces, um, and the colored pieces were beautiful. There was also a separate building for weapons control and um, for practice strips. So what I love about world championships is the mentality that you go big or you go home. This is the one competition where... It all comes. It all comes down to this. You you fence your whole year, whether you're doing the senior World Cups, junior World Cups, you're fencing at your national competitions to qualify for this one competition where you come home with a medal or you don't. So, um, my personal experience, I, I fenced the individual event. Um, I had my I was the high seed in my pool, and I went six and zero, which saw six victories and zero defeats. Which is it's it's always good to have that to set you up for the for the rest of the competition. Um, and in the 128, I drew a, a, t- a tough Polish fencer. I can't recall his name right now. But uh, everyone that goes to World Championships is going to be tough. You know, they're, they're, everyone coming represents the best from their nation. So I had a very tough Polish fencer. I came out with a victory of 15-11. And then in the round of 16, I fenced a fencer from Portugal, who I'd actually never met before, but was able to come up with a clean win. I believe I was winning 14-4 and then pulled a win 15-6 or 15-7. And uh, what's nice about making it into the round of 32 is that's when you not only get to fence on the on the very nice colored piece, but you also get video replay, which is definitely very helpful. Um, and in the round of 32, I fenced a fencer from China. And another thing, one thing that's difficult about fencing fencers from China is because they don't come, they don't participate in any of the World Cups. So they're all unseated. Nobody knows who they are. And of course, I had never fenced this fencer before. So after being down, I believe, eight, three and nine, five, um, I ended up making a small comeback and was up 10, nine before winning about 15, uh, 11. I then fell in the round of 16 to uh, Shikine, a very, very, very strong fencer from Japan, who won Junior World Championships the year before, and he ended up uh, losing in the, in the top eight. But definitely uh, not the result that I wanted, but it, there's definitely a lot of work to do towards next, next year. Um, in terms of refereeing, the directors I thought were wonderful. I rarely used my video replay. I think that the, the refereeing has... Uh, there's, I think a general consensus is being formed between what is an attack and what is getting right of way on defense. These are things that have been very up in the air in men's foil right now. So I think that the, the ref is, the, all the refs are coming more to a general consensus. So it's, you don't really have to adjust your fencing as much based off of the calls that the, that the referees are making. 
Um, and then uh, in the team event, um, I have a fantastic team that consists of Jeffrey Tourette, Siddharth Kumbla, and Nick Itkin. We've been fencing together for a very long time, and we came into the competition, and I'm very happy to say that we won. We are junior, we are junior world champions. We fenced. We had very tough draws. We had Romania in the 32. We had Korea in the 16, and the Koreans were unranked, and they're just very strong fighters. They're fast. They're strong. And we came out with a 45-41 victory over Korea. And then in the round of eight, we had Poland. Poland uh, upset Hong Kong, who had the the current junior world champion uh, Chang from Hong Kong, very strong fencer. Um, and all the Polish fencers are very strong, and we came away with a forty five thirty six run. Um, the bout with Russia was very inter- was very interesting. We the, we knew the lineups that they were going to do, and we adjusted those to the lineups that we that we used and we came across with a clean win all the Russian fencers are very strong the coaches are very experienced and successful so it was nice to come away with a victory like that against Russia and uh, the tight bout the one with Japan um, this bout was just nothing but back and forth all the Japanese fencers are not only respectful fencers but they're incredibly strong they're fast and they're smart they make they make changes after they get hit on the first touch so um, their team consisted of, of, of Saito, Shikine, um, Ito, and Suzumura, who are all four, all very good fencers. But, you know, our team dynamic is very strong. We're able to, to fill in the gaps where the other ones close them. And we were able to come away with a victory. Um, I fenced the ninth bat. I fenced the eighth bout, the setup bout, and I went. I lost nine five to Ito, which I was very disappointed with. It wasn't a, a great way to finish my this year at Junior World Championships, but it was enough to give a, secure us a forty thirty seven lead. And then Jeffrey fences the final bout against Shikine, and he gets the first touch. And my thought process is, okay, we can do this four more. And then he immediately loses the next seven touches. Um, I, I I have nothing but the but the utmost respect for Je- for Jeffrey. The the anchor position is something that's very difficult, and it takes the right fencer to fill that role. And sure enough, he proved himself worthy when he got three touches in a row, some beautiful touches, and at forty four forty four, off the line, he does the biggest and most daring counterattack I have ever seen, and it was one that we got one light on, and we won forty five forty four. Um, I. I barely have words. It's 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 definitely an unbelievable experience. I remember what it was like to win Cadet World Championships in 2015 in Tashkent, and I I I want to say that this feeling is even better to do it with this team that I am so close with, plus the the accumulation of all the hard work during the year with not only me but with Jeffrey, Nick, and Siddharth and all of their coaches, as well as my coach, um, 2004 Olympian Dan Kellner. It, the feeling was just it's it's indescribable, and it's something that I will aspire to to have ne- to have next year. As well, um, and that would—that's—that's that's really how World Championships played out for me. I had—I had no complaints. The venue was beautiful. The the country was amazing. The refereeing was was great. And I'd also like to thank the opportunity. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank the FIE as well as the Bulgarian uh, Fencing Federation for doing such a beautiful job, and for to U.S. Fencing for affording me the opportunity to go out there and represent my country and and do what I love. So that was the 2017 uh, Junior World Championships in Plovdiv, Bulgaria, and I I hope I can be back soon. Thank you. Hi, I'm Gallon Woods. I'm a former fencer from South Africa. While the training camp was a brilliant experience, it was very beneficial for, to my growth as a fencer, particularly because in South Africa we don't encounter a competition of such a caliber. Um, as far as the competition goes, I was very happy with this event, my best yet. Of course, I do always hope to do better in following competitions, and that's what I'll work and aspire to achieve.
The Junior World Championships were held in Plovdiv. Plovdiv was an amazing place, a beautiful, ancient and historic city. The people and the culture and architecture in the area was really interesting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The actual competition venue was also brilliant. Um, the event went without a hitch. It was run very successfully. Um, it maintained FIE's high standard throughout. Um, all facilities therein were uh, brilliant, everything up to standard, and I was very happy to be a part of it. So at the end of our, our roundup of the Cadet and Junior World mm-hmm. Championships, uh, we had an omission last time out uh, in our in our recording in our last podcast. We didn't have a coolest fencer on the planet. Oh well. So let's not repeat that terrible, terrible mistake and make sure that we pick one this time okay. round from the Cadet and Junior World Championships. So, so, so who are we going to have? Who, who are you going to pick, Sean? Who's in our shortlist? Well, Callum Chung was immense in the, in the Junior Men's Foil, so yep. he would be... Uh, a nomination for me. Mm-hmm. I would go Mateo from Mexico. Uh, from Mexico in the uh, Junior Women's Sabre. Okay. Uh, for a number of reasons, because she's so young, because she's yeah. we're fairly sure a first World Championships uh, Agree, yeah. winner from from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So she would be on my list. Uh, for me, I'm going to go for Diva Rooley from the the Cadet Men's Epi. Yep, because he's a, a solid, solid fencer. Very, very entertaining to watch. Manage Griffiths, who I'm not going to lie, looks like a nightmare to fence because yeah. he looks very. I mean, the toss up would have been because I want to pick an, obviously somebody from Epi. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a toss up between Griffiths and him, I think, for my coolest fence. But I'm going to go for Di Rolli because he looked like a, what you would call a good Italian Epiist. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? What about the Singapore uh, fencer? Bertie from from Singapore. Mm-hmm. She's she's up against three world champions now in her shortlist, so I could put her on the shortlist, and it would be well deserved. But I don't think a uh, a realistic winner for coolest fencer on the planet. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. It's, it's you know tough criteria these days to become coolest fencer <laughs> on the planet, according to us. According <laughs> to us, well, okay. <laughs> we make the rules. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So who who are we going for then? Out of um, Bateo, Divaroli, and Chung? I'll, I'm tempted for I'm, I'm tempted for Bateo actually. Yeah. Just because it's not been a Mexican. Yeah. Before. It's been a, it's been a million Italian. Even though I want to have a, an Epiest in there, and I did think he genuinely was a brilliant fencer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of swinging towards Bateo as our our coolest fencer, just because we've not seen this before. She's really young, potential star of the future. Yeah. Saw here first, all that. Okay. Yeah. So so picking it out of a uh, number of world championship world champions. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Very I think you're right. We'll go for a Mexican this time. Yep, Arriba. <laughs> indeed. So that just about brings us to the end. Except I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a final rant. All right. And I've I've been holding this in. Um, we've grumbled about this before, and and I'm and I'm back on it again. Uh, Everyone says we're like broken records in this, but let's go for it. I know exactly where you're going with this one. Last one. run. It's going yeah. to be the commentary, isn't it? It's a commentary. Yeah. Okay. Now I heard fairly reliable sounding rumours coming out of the Cadet and Junior World Championships that we're going to have a lot more David King. Doing the commentary from these from these things, and a lot less of Karim Bashir. Right. Now, I've had my grumbles about both, but it's probably worth clarifying where my my real grumble lies. David King's terrible. I agree. He's got. I mean, I know we joke about us having a having faces for radio. Yeah. But honestly, David King's voice it's like it's like talking to Siri on your iPhone. <laughs> his voice is his voice yeah. is horrible, and he, he doesn't seem to know anything. You know, yeah, it always seems to come as a complete surprise. Fences are on the PC, he doesn't need to know anything about them, even when he's yeah, commentated the on them before. That's the thing about Dave King, is he's not a fencer. He's not, doesn't. Yeah. And he, I mean, like, he's always helped these days with having uh, expert commentary from whoever ha- they happen to be able to get hold of to go in the box with them, which is great. It's but a great help. The we, thing is, he doesn't actually have much interaction with them as well. well. No, because he doesn't know how to speak to them. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, if it, if it turns out to be true, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. And it means I'm going to spend almost all the time when I'm watching 
Facebook and YouTube um, with the sound on mute. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I always have to try and find a feed if I'm really annoyed that has the sound effects. Like you hear the chink and the clash of the guards. And stuff. Yeah, it does help. Um, and it also helps, especially with the right away weapons. Yeah, get get a feel for what's actually happening in front of you. But no, I, I don't want to hear Dave King. No, no, I'm not. I'm going to write out there because. It's a very frustrating person to listen to. Yeah, he is. I can, I can keep score, Dave. It's fine. Yeah, and I know how much time there is left in the boat. I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. So once we've got the hang of that, he's largely superfluous to requirements. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I, really I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to hear what the reason is. If that if that rumour is true, who thinks this is a good idea? Who's who's watching the streams and thinking, we want more Dave King? Yeah, who's that's what that? we need. Yeah. You know, can't be. It can't be true. No, surely. Mm. Anyway, hope it's not. Yes, I, hope it's I not. agree with you. But I suspect we'll not have too long to wait to find out. Right. So have your mute button at the ready. <laughs> Talking of which, I think that's probably enough for us. Yes, I think that's enough for us. Yeah. Okay, so till the next time. Uh, keep fencing. Yeah, that's highly motivational, Gav. Thanks very much. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>